Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast, where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about Chiari malformations and how they connect to head pain, specifically headaches and migraines. On social media, we get this question all the time. What about Chiari malformations? What about my Chiari? How does my Chiari connect to these problems that you're describing? And the reason people are asking this is because they're experiencing headache or migraine symptoms. They've gone to a, a doctor, a primary care doctor or a neurologist. They've had the imaging done, whether it's a CT scan, MRI, and it's shown this uh, Chiari malformation. So we're going to talk about what that actually is. Oftentimes, uh, if, if you've received a diagnosis, I'm surprised at how many people don't actually understand what's happening. And then what we're going to do is we're going to connect uh, Chiari and the changes that we see when someone has a Chiari to movement, mobility, these problems in the neck. And then we're going to wrap it all up with trying to better understand what the problems might be uh, surrounding you receiving this diagnosis of a Chiari, um, why surgery might not always be the best route, and why conservative measures can uh, actually be really effective. And, and we're basing that off of experience and what we've seen here. Um, and then I'm breaking it down for you so you can better understand it and uh, and move forward with with an educated decision instead of just feeling like you're captive to uh, and, and swept up in this process of uh, of surgery or maybe multiple surgeries to correct something and then you're still dealing with a level of headache or migraine symptoms. Chiari malformation and the symptoms that are associated with it, like oftentimes people are very de debilitated. They uh, have a hard time functioning. And so it's, it's a big problem when it is a problem and it's something that we need to get right. So what is it? Well, Chiari is essentially an abnormality uh, that causes the brain stem and the cerebellum. So kind of the back side of the brain and the bottom side of the brain as it uh, is sort of naturally supposed to um, exit the skull, there's a hole called the foramen magnum. And that hole uh, really should just occupy, uh, it, within the hole should be the spinal cord, okay, the, the very start of the spinal cord. But in a Chiari, what happens is the brainstem and the cerebellum, so two parts, two aspects of our central nervous system are sort of protruding or, or they're entering into that space. All right. So they're sort of squeezed in a sense into that, the, into the hole, the foramen magnum. The reasons for this could be, now there could be a few different scenarios here. So uh, pressure from above. So if there's uh, maybe swelling or pressure around the brain itself, that can cause sort of a Chiari um, presentation. If there's a tether below, so think of like um, a scenario where you have a cauda equina situation or uh, at birth, there's a birth defect where the uh, spina bifida, so think of the um, the the bottom part of the spinal cord is tethered down. So in spina bifida, that there's uh, an opening or a lack of uh, formation or closing off of the spinal column. 
at, at birth um, or in the womb as the child's developing. And so there's a protrusion of the spinal cord in and out, actually outside of the spinal column because those vertebrae don't develop in close to sort of protect and cover the spinal cord. And so what can happen is the, the spinal cord should have a little bit of movement uh, within the, the spinal column, okay? So when, when I'm saying the spinal column, what I mean is that we have our spine, so all these different bones that make up our back, uh, and it runs from the top of our neck uh, to, to our low back, or really our tailbone is a part of that. And then most of those vertebrae um, are, are basically like donuts, and so within the donut sits the spinal cord. And the spinal cord runs from the top of our neck, and as it gets down to our low back, it does sort of branch off into what would uh, sort of be perceived as like a tail, um, where it fans out a little bit. It's less of a of of just a um, a tube like structure. And so, when when someone has spina bifida and it's not um, closed off appropriately, there's a little bit of movement within the spinal cord in the spinal column, and that the the cord becomes kind of tethered so they call it tethered cord syndrome um or uh yeah it, it just doesn't move and so what happens is it pulls down okay so the the pulling down on the spinal column causes the the brain and the cerebellum and the brainstem to enter into that frame and magnum just a little bit uh causing what would be a chiari malformation so that's the second scenario uh, the third scenario is just sort of a lack of space within the skull. And so the brain naturally will just sort of enter into the frame and magnum because the specifically the like the backside of the head doesn't have enough room for the cerebellum to have space. And so it, it uh, just sort of protrudes into that opening. So that's a Chiari. Uh, those are the different scenarios. And so what we're going to do uh, is talk about um, the the impact on movement and connect connect a couple things here. So Chiari is more uh, common, or at least these symptoms and the diagnosis, it's uh, more commonly found in females. It's diagnosed with CT, maybe MRI, um, things that show uh, detail enough so that we can look at the brain and understand uh, its posi- positioning in relation to uh, the skull. Um, treatment is generally going to be uh, decompression surgery. So in order to, um, I was watching a, uh, a video of a, of a surgeon who is describing Chiari and he basically said, you know, it's a mechanical problem. And so there's a mechanical solution, meaning there's not enough space in the skull. So you have to open up the skull and the surgery itself, this decompression is where they remove the backside of the atlas. So we talk about the atlas on this podcast. It's the first bone. It's the first vertebrae in our neck. So our head sits on the atlas and and the head interacting with the atlas, it nods and it side bends. And, uh, but it, it is, it is shaped kind of like a donut. So on the backside, it's kind of like a bony arch. They'll remove that. And then they'll also, uh, remove sort of the back underside of the skull itself. So part of the occipital bone will be removed and that will uh, free up some space. Now, the problem with Chiari 
uh, with this carry malformation is that generally it disrupts the flow of cerebral spinal fluid. Okay. So the brain is floating. It's uh, surrounded by this fluid known as cerebral spinal fluid. And it's important for the brain to function properly. It needs to be floating and it needs to have this free movement within it. So if the brain doesn't have enough space or if it's tethered down with uh, that tethered cord syndrome uh, and it's not able to move and have that sort of dynamic uh, floating nature to it, um, there are problems that can arise. So there can be an increase in pressure uh, in the brain. So this cerebral spinal fluid uh, can be to a greater extent in the brain, causing a little bit of pressure. And that pressure can lead to um, sort of a, a sensitivity to um, anything that would further increase uh, intracranial pressure. Okay. And so we need that flow of fluid to stabilize and regulate pressures within the brain. Um, the brain is not necessarily, it's not generally a sensitive tissue. They can do surgical procedures on brain tissue and you don't necessarily need an anesthetic, uh, when they work on, uh, on the brain itself. Uh, but the dura that surrounds the brain can be sensitized, uh, and it's sensitive to, uh, mechanical stimulus, meaning, uh, pressure, uh, from swelling pressure from increased, uh, cerebral spinal fluid in the area, things like that, uh, can cause, uh, things like headaches, um, and, and, and pain in, in different respects. Okay. Oftentimes, a headache coming from the dura itself, like a general headache from increased pressure within the brain. Uh, we, we can think of a dramatic situation like a stroke where, um, there's a filling of blood into the area. So there's two types of stroke. There's hemorrhagic and ischemic. So hemorrhagic just means that, uh, a blood vessel is, is hemorrhaging. This all sounds, I feel, uh, like, <laughs> We need to talk about nice things in a second, but, um, for the sake of this conversation, I'm using this as an example. So uh, if an artery or something, if you'd have an aneurysm and it would, it would burst, it would cause a rapid increase in the amount of fluid in the brain. And that would cause what's called a thunderclap headache, which is out of nowhere. You just have the worst headache you've ever experienced in your life. And it comes on very quickly. That's an emergent thing. And that is something that, um, yeah, we need to take care of immediately. Uh, generally that happens later in life. We've never seen anyone with that. We've never had anyone that's had that. Uh, so it's very, very rare. If you're listening to this podcast and you had have headaches and you're thinking, Ooh, one time I had a really bad headache out of nowhere. Um, I can almost guarantee you it was not a thunderclap headache from a stroke. Um, because it is a life threatening thing and you need to get surgery, surgery on it right away in order to correct it. Um, so the back to, um, what's happening in, in the dura. And when I say dura, it's this covering around the brain. All right. It's like this thick sheath that, uh, protects the brain in a sense, but it, uh, it holds the cerebral spinal fluid and, and then the brain. So, um, all of that's sort of surrounded by this, um, think of, think of like this, um, yeah, it, it's not totally like a, uh, I don't know why I'm just thinking of plastic bag, like, a, like something that just keeps it all uh, neat and tidy and encloses it. Uh, it's actually probably more fibrous, a, a thicker material and, um, but it surrounds the central nervous system. So the brain and the spinal cord, and then as it, as it ex like as these little nerves exit the spinal cord and the spinal column, 
that that dura surrounds the the nerve root, so kind of where it just starts to exit, and then it turns into what's called the epineurium. All right, so uh, hopefully I'm not losing anyone here, but essentially we have the brain, we have fluid around the brain, and then we have the sheath that sort of encapsulates it all. The sheath is sensitive to pressures and can uh, be uh, a painful a source of, of pain for us, okay? Uh, but the cerebral spinal fluid needs to flow. Uh, a Chiari can disrupt the flow and can increase pressures, causing some uh, sensation or, or painful stimulus potentially in that dura, okay? The dura surrounds the the brain and the spinal column. We call that the central nervous system. And then it also, it, it surrounds the, the part of the nerve as it just starts to exit uh, the spinal column. And then as the nerve extends all the way out to like our fingertips or our toes, uh, it turns into what's called the epineurium. Okay. So again, it's just this sheath that covers things. The reason I'm bringing that up is because that dura does connect to muscle tissue and specifically muscle tissue in the suboccipital area. All right. So let me explain that. The suboccipital area is just referring to this little space, this sort of fleshy part, um, just below the base of your skull. So if you find the bony part of the back of your head and you drop just below that and it gets a little bit of like fleshy muscle tissue-like, that's called your suboccipital area. There's a few different muscle groups that sit right there that uh, help us with little head movements, stabilization of the head, rotation, side bending, things like that. Uh, one of the muscles in particular, a little tiny one called the re- um, rectus captus posterior uh, minor has a direct connection to the dura. Okay. So the dura uh, not only has, turns into this sheath around nerves, but it also connects into muscle tissue. All right. Um, let me, let me back up just a second. We'll go back to just talking about in general terms, what Uh, the different types of Chiari, and then I'll jump back in to the details of the anatomy and how that connects to neck mobility, okay? So changing gears here a little bit, Uh, type one Chiari is what oftentimes people later on in life when they get diagnosed, um, it's it's probably a type one. And the reason for that is because it's it's minor, meaning the uh, level of protrusion of the cerebellum and uh, brainstem into that foramen magnum, it's uh, it's minimal. There's usually just a bit of the cerebellum. They're actually called the cerebellar tonsils. And that is something within surgery that they can do is just sort of, uh, in a sense, sort of remove the cerebellar tonsils. tonsils. Um, I guess there's not uh, too, too much of a function for them. So that, that is an option in addition to uh, opening up the space. But uh, type one is generally just a little bit of protrusion from the cerebellum. And generally it's not symptomatic early on in life. And, and maybe there are some symptoms that come later. Type two is what we would actually call Arnold Chiari malformation. So um, that, that I guess the Arnold Chiari is designated for this type two. And that's where the brainstem and the cerebellum are protruding into that space. And And there are um, uh, generally more uh, significant symptoms uh, that would come with type two. And then type three 
uh, there are severe neurological deficits. And generally, this is the type that we would know right away. Like at birth, it would be known. Uh, that there's a this Chiari malformation in the child, and uh, there would be uh, significant neurological deficits seen with that. Okay, so by and large, the the type that we see here is going to be type one and maybe type two. Okay, so type one meaning if later on in life you received imaging and maybe it was just. Um, you know, you had headaches or you had something else and they took an image of your neck and your head and they're like, and they, they see that you have an Arnold, that, that you have a Chiari malformation. Uh, that would be a typical um, sort of uh, evolution of you actually getting to the point of saying, oh, now I have a Chiari. Okay. So maybe you have symptoms connected to it. Maybe you don't, but it is something that's found later in life and you haven't always had symptoms connected to it. Uh, type two, we have seen patients in this category as well. And these are people that have probably known about it for most of their life and they've dealt with it, um, in different ways for most of their life. We have actually seen, uh, a few in the type three category as well, but for the most part, when people on social media are asking, what about Chiari? How can you help with Chiari? It's probably a type one or type two. Hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, the chances are you have headaches or migraines and you're searching for relief outside of medication. Well, maybe you've tried different products on the market or devices, traction units, things like that, but they haven't really scratched that itch and provided you with the relief you're looking for. Well, what we've done here at Novera is taken the principles that we teach and abide by in our in-person care and come up with a product that allows you to apply those same pressures and improving mobility to the upper part of your neck at home. You see, it's called the SAM device, Simple Affordable Migraine Relief. And the device allows you to improve mobility to the upper part of your neck. And we are excited to announce that it's available today on our website. Visit NoveraHeadacheCenter.com. Click on the SAM device page where you can look at videos and learn more about the SAM product and purchase it for yourself and start treating your headaches and migraines more naturally without medication. Again, that's NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and click on the SAM device page to purchase your very own SAM device today. or they've discovered it later in life and have headaches or migraines and it's been connected for them. And so what they're asking is um, probably a few things. One is it's been assumed that you have to treat the Chiari in order to get rid of the headaches or the migraines. And that's one thing we're going to talk about because um, it may that might not actually be true. Um, two, they might be asking, um, how does my neck connect to this? And um, is there anything I can do outside of surgery that would help? Okay. So let's go back to the anatomy because we're going to start answering these questions. So there's a connection, as I laid out uh, just a few minutes ago, there's a connection between the nervous system and how we move, meaning our uh, the muscles, the joints, um, all these different tissues in our body are connected Um, So we know that the dura, which surrounds these nerves and surrounds um, our central uh, nervous system, our brain, our spinal cord, we know that they have a connection uh, to the muscles in that suboccipital area, okay? 
And then we also know that nerves need to move and that the brain actually has a little bit of, and the spinal cord itself has a little bit of motion to it because if someone has a tethered cord or spina bifida and their spinal cord does not have that freedom, um, a couple of things that happen are they're really sensitive to this forward flexed position. Generally, they don't like to, it could be even as sensitive as like looking down. And so what they're doing is they're asking their spinal column to essentially extend or lengthen uh, into a lengthened position. And because their, uh, their nervous system doesn't have the flexibility or mobility to do that, uh, they feel tethered, right? Tethered cord. So it, it sort of stops. Um, they don't necessarily feel like, you know, it, it's something in my back is anchored. Well, I guess you could. It's it's, it would be described as I feel tight. I feel like I can't move that way. Uh, sometimes it could even be irritating and they, uh, it would trigger a headache. And so anything that would lengthen or ask for uh, a lengthened position of the nervous system would be, um, I guess irritating, but your body would probably over time have sort of trained you to stay away from that. So that's with tethered cord. That's with, if, if you have a lot of tension, even like neural tension that runs from your neck all the way down to your fingertips, that tension naturally it like in your subconscious, it, you're just not going to want to stretch into that, uh, like you would if, if it wasn't there. So meaning those movements that ask for lengthening, um, you're probably going to stay away from. And so what happens is over time, this scenario just kind of gets tighter and tighter. Okay. So, um, when we are working on a patient, uh, whether you have Chiari or not, we want to look at neural tension. We want to look at the mobility of these, of these nerves that run from the neck all the way down to your fingertips to make sure the nerve tension itself is not impacting how you're moving. So one of the things that we see with Chiari is that you have this protrusion uh, of the brain and the cerebellum through the foramen magnum. And it's sort of like, it's all in this high real estate area. So it's impacting, uh, the Atlas it's, it's got this connection from the actual, um, dura into the muscle. And so the, the tension that's built up in that area, there's lack of cerebral spinal fluid flow. Uh, there's maybe some pressure increase, um, and so what happens is there's a subtle change or shift in posture potentially. So maybe your head just naturally wants to sit forward. Okay. So you don't necessarily want to lengthen. You don't want to extend. You don't want to stretch out. And so a slight forward head position might be more comfortable. Okay. Now, if you were going to, uh, crunch the spine all the way forward and like really tuck your chin, you would probably feel a stretch there, but a slight forward head position is probably what your body's going to want because of uh, increased tension, increased pressure in that area, preventing you uh, from really opening up or feeling like you have freedom to open up. So there could be a sense of lack of mobility in the neck um, from these problems. Okay. Uh, and again, whether it's from tethered cord, that's an easy one. So if you, if you have some sense of your tether, there's a tethered cord that's causing your Chiari. I would say that's, that's an easy connection. Now, if that's not necessarily the problem and you still have a Chiari, um, the location 
of all this, uh, of everything sort of protruding into this spinal column, um, causing this potential shift in head position, um, connection between the dura and, and the muscle tissue in that area. Um, we, we see people with Chiari having a high level of tension in that suboccipital area. Okay. Now, um, I could see it being there because of the Chiari, but a lot of people have neck tension anyway. I mean, headaches are, are very prevalent. They're very common. Migraines are very prevalent and common. And so, um, I do think there's a, um, a percentage of these people where it's, it's kind of a coincidence, meaning they have a Chiari. It's, um, something that, um, it, if they never got imaging of their head or neck, um, they never would have known it. It never would have been a problem. It's not really an issue, but since they have headaches or migraine, and since our healthcare system is set up to do imaging, uh, when you have headache, head pain of any type, then they find the Chiari, they automatically connect it. All right. And then I do think there's a percentage of people that are actually impacted by the Chiari. It just depends on the severity and, and, um, and your presentation and a whole bunch of factors. But the one thing that I feel confident in saying, and, and to be helpful to you out there who are listening to this, who may have Chiari is that what we know of the body is that everything's connected. Uh, and if we have an issue, uh, in this area, I can see that, uh, there's going to be restrictions. There's going to be a change in how you move our nervous system, not being as mobile as it could be, not being as fluid is going to impact just general motion within the body. That lack of movement over time is going to lead to irritation. We talk about this, uh, on the podcast quite a bit, but we want to move movement is medicine. And so if we can move these different joints in a healthy way, in a normal way, and use the full range of motion we've been given, uh, that will keep us from being in pain. And so I use the analogy of, of someone talking on the phone for a half hour or more and their elbow starts to hurt and they realize, Oh, I got to bend and extend my elbow and then it stops hurting. So the same idea is true for the neck. If your neck is just sort of stuck in this one position over time, it's going to be irritated and it's going to hurt. Now, when you have Chiari, the symptoms that they associate with it are headache, ringing the ears, dizziness, this pain that starts in the back and wraps up and around. Oftentimes, they'll, oftentimes patients will say, that's my Chiari pain. Well, what's interesting is that same pain pattern is what we see when someone has what's called a cervicogenic headache, meaning a headache that stems from the neck. So how do we tell the difference? Well, the only way to really know for sure if it's a cervicogenic headache or truly coming from this uh, malformation uh, in, in the brain and brainstem itself is we have to look at the neck. We have to rule out the neck, especially if we're going to look at surgery to correct this problem. Uh, if you started getting headaches or migraines later in life, and then you got the diagnosis of a Chiari, and then they're telling you you need surgery, we need to make sure that your neck isn't the problem, okay? And so what we want to do is look at mobility, look at how the head sitting on the atlas is, is nodding. And if, is it side bending? Uh, are you getting rotation through C1 and C2? And so the, the mobility through the upper part of the neck, right where this pain starts and wraps up and around, that's described as a Chiari headache, um, that, that could easily be your neck. I would almost say like it, it might even more likely be your neck. 
And so what we're seeing is patients with Chiari, whether it's type one, type two, and we've even seen type three, they have these really tight necks and they have dizziness, they have ringing in the ears, they have these different symptoms and we can improve the mobility of their neck. We can improve the mobility of, of their nervous system, essentially the, the nerve that leaves their spinal cord and goes all the way down their fingertips. We can start to get that to move a little bit. And what happens is potentially we're increasing the, the actual flow of fluid within uh, the cerebral spinal fluid, uh, but we're just allowing things to move and freeing them up. And it's not saying, okay, you have a Chiari, so that's, that's the problem. We're saying, okay, you have a Chiari and it may be impacting your situation, but let's work on the things that we can work on, meaning um, where it's not invasive. It's not, it's not a permanent change to your body. We're not removing bones. We're not removing structures and we're seeing how much progress we can make. And maybe your, your headache or migraine symptoms go completely away and you're asymptomatic. And yeah, on imaging, you'll still have that Chiari, but as long as you're functional and living your life, we don't need to jump into seeing a neurosurgeon and uh, going through that procedure. So uh, what I would love to see is people be educated uh, on uh, what a Chiari is, the impact that it can have on our bodies, the changes that we see over time uh, that can impact movement. And then as, as a provider, I'd love to see us evaluating uh, not just seeing a Chiari and saying, okay, the solution here is surgery. And because you have migraines, we're just connecting those two. And we're confident that if we can free up this space, you'll feel better. But also saying, well, the neck could be the source of a lot of these symptoms. And just because we did imaging and found a Chiari doesn't mean that's the actual problem. So let's treat the neck, improve mobility in the neck, see how far we can get with that. And then if there's a barrier there, then we can go back and evaluate, is surgery really appropriate? But I, lo I would love to see people on the front end of this. Now, if you are on the back end, if you've already gone through surgery, because we've seen people with that too, we have had success there. So we've been able to restore function to the upper part of the neck to an extent that people, uh, their, their headache or migraine symptoms can go away or substantially reduce. Uh, dizziness, uh, whatever symptoms they were associating with their Chiari, uh, can basically go away. Uh, we've got a few patients this year that have gone through that process and uh, had the surgery, uh, came to see us because they weren't better. I mean, their whole life was basically on this trajectory of uh, they were debilitated, they couldn't work, they were basically homebound. And uh, now they're driving, they're going back to work, uh, they, they have their freedom back. And um, we love that. I uh, I would love this podcast to influence someone enough to think differently, to say, okay, I, I need to make sure like my neck truly isn't the problem before I jump into this. One of the problems is uh, that our healthcare system in general is not very good at evaluating movement in the neck. Uh, and that's where we're finding our niche is as physical therapists, we love movement. We want things to move and not physical therapists in this space are, are our physical therapists are not necessarily in this space. And so that's why we've stepped into it to say, okay, we want to be the experts here and start educating people on what it means for the neck to move and how we can improve that. And then just the potential, the life-changing potential that this form of treatment and evaluating has on people's lives. So there you go. There's 30 minutes of me talking about Chiari and how we can, uh, potentially 
have a major impact on someone with a Chiari. Um, again, we're not necessarily changing anything with the Chiari. You might be improving some of that mobility through the nervous system, uh, definitely improving mobility with within the musculoskeletal system and how your neck moves, um, but not assuming that your symptoms are just connected to the Chiari trying to dig deeper, finding something that's outside of surgery so that you can avoid something invasive like that. And that's permanent. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the headache doctor podcast. It's such a pleasure to be able to, um, have this platform to share, uh, these things that I'm so passionate about. I hope you find it helpful. Please leave us a five-star review, share this with friends. The podcast is growing and, uh, it's just because of you guys sharing this information Uh, Please stay tuned next time as we continue on this journey to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast and I'll see you next week.